This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. Today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Eric and myself, Josh, versus Benchwarmer Matt and newcomer Cheyenne Fletcher. Uh, today's game was written and will be hosted by one-time player Joe O'Brien. Uh, welcome to the bench, Cheyenne, and welcome back, Joe. Uh, Cheyenne, why don't you take a minute to let us know where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Happy to be here. Uh, 49ers and Giants fan and Red Sox fan, Oklahoma State fan, and like a big fan of college and international wrestling it's really the main thing i like really follow these days all right wonderful welcome again and joe why don't you take a minute just to remind us a little bit about yourself yeah um first of all thanks for having me on and allowing me to do this today um my name's joe i'm a i'm a life uh, born and raised bostonian who's been living in california for 20 plus years uh still a fan of all the boston teams and uh Fan of Arsenal, although we learned in the episode that I think is coming out tomorrow that fan of Arsenal from about 2005 onward. <laughs> Nothing before that. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to a fun afternoon and I appreciate you guys letting me do this. Well, welcome back. Uh, Matt, how are you doing? And let us know what your and Cheyenne's team name is going to be. Well, I'm doing great. Last night, uh, Graham Mertz decided to go ahead and show up in Madison and just absolutely annihilated the Lion Eye. And that was fun to watch him destroy them and score. What did he have? Five or six touchdowns? And then my my, uh, my um, Bundesliga team scored today again. They had five goals and gave up nil. And then they won again on uh, Tuesday the other day. So that was fantastic. Bombeck is about ready to fall asleep. So that's great. Um, whew. There you go. Doing great. And our team name, because uh, of uh, Cheyenne's love for international and collegiate wrestling, and actually that's something I've been into a little bit, and one of the games that I like to, or one of the matches I like to go back and rewatch often is that Alexander Carolyn versus uh, uh, Rulon, um, oh, what was his last name? Gardner. Gardner, yep. Yeah. So we're going to, our, our team name is going to be Rulon's Frozen Foot. Because he had that uh, crazy snowmobile accident where he was like stranded for like ever out in the snow in what Wyoming or Montana? I can't remember. Like Wyoming, yeah, he's from Wyoming. Yeah. So Rulon's frozen foot. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, just to let you know, I'm uh, I'm up in northern Minnesota, um, up in the Brainerd Lakes area. Uh, it's a little snowy and cold at the moment, but we have a nice view of Lost Lake up here and. And Eric, why don't you let us know how you're doing and you can let me know what our team name is. So um, I have an issue. Um, my anniversary is about a month ago, uh, maybe roughly. Um, I, I forget the exact date. Anyway, so my wife ordered me a, um, a Blue October album that was coming out, actually just came out yesterday. Um, and it was shipped and I got it. It was autographed and everything. So she did a great job with that. However, I checked my email and I see when packages are being delivered. And so, oh, I have a package at the front door. No idea what it was. So I went to go get it. And she's like, no, no, you can't go get that. I was going to wrap it up and give it to you as your birthday present. I'm like, it was already a gift for another thing. 
you can't you can't do that i'm like so whatever i snagged it from the front porch so it's not going to be my birthday present <laughs> so anyway um josh and i's team name um since there was a great cover of uh, Weird Ale's Dare to be Stupid that just came out like the other day, um, our team name is going to be uh, Dare to be Stupid. All right. So Roll- Roland's Frozen Foot versus Dare to be Stupid. And Joe, it's, uh, it's time for me to hand this all over to you. You are uh, in control. So now here's Dan to tell you the rules of today's game. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right, gentlemen, here we go with the tailgate. Three questions, as you know, 10 points per to get us warmed up. Okay, question number one of the tailgate. And today's tailgate does have a theme. The theme is straight cash, homie. All of these are going to be questions dealing with money in sports. Question number one, out of the nine fielding positions and the designated hitter, which position group commanded the lowest average salary across Major League Baseball in 2020? So this would be cumulative, right? So like all pitchers, like relief and starters, like all pitchers? Pitchers are grouped all together. Starters, middle relievers, and closers all as one. Outfield, however, is separated. All right, I think we're going to go ahead and check, and we have an idea of something that we think might be answered. This is one out of nine, so it's you're really, you know. Technically, it's one out of ten because of the DH. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> you got a 10% a chance. 10% chance, yeah. I think there's some logic that can narrow, increase those chances. Are you, uh, are you checked in? Yeah, we're checked in. Okay. Uh, Ruland's Frozen Foot is checked in. Dare to be stupid. Tell us your thoughts. We both had said catcher and second base in our first initial things, um, but there's probably enough second basemen who you know are true are more legitimate. I don't know my my first inclination was catcher, and so was mine. So I think we go with that, and you know we'll uh, hopefully we're right. Sounds good. All right, we're gonna check in with catcher. Dare to be stupid has checked in with catcher and Matt and Cheyenne. Yeah, we were at. Uh down to catcher and right field but I felt like at least for me in my head like some of the outfielders seem to like move around a lot so it might be tough to like get a firm hold on that so we went with catcher as well. Rulon's frozen foot also checking in with catcher and the answer with an average of 2.17 million dollars is catcher. Um. So pitchers, when you lump them all together, come in at about $2.5 million. Uh, shortstop and second base were the other two positions that were under $3 million. Everybody else was over. If you separate them out, of course, starting pitchers and closers are both at about $5 million apiece. Uh, it's the relief, the middle relievers that drag it down. Interestingly, DH was by far and away 
the highest. No other position was more than like five and a half million. DH was 9.64 million per person. Wow. I just, I thought it was interesting that the players who do the least get the most and the players who arguably do the most get the least. You should be used to that if you work in corporate America because the people who do the least get paid the most in my world, so. (laughs) Anyway, great job. You both get 10 points for the first question. Here is question number two. Fresh off of his first and what would turn out to be his only all-star appearance, who became the first NBA player to land a nine-figure contract when he signed a seven-year, $105 million deal in August of 1996? We're going to go ahead and check in, Joe. Okay, Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid? Feel free to talk. So my gut was Juwan Howard. It's the first name that popped in my head. So if he was drafted in 94, his rookie season would have been 94, 95. Yeah. And then he would have played 95, 96. Yeah. And then that contract would have been in the offseason of 96. Yeah. So was it an extension? After only two years? I if he made an all, if he made an all star game his second season maybe they were all set to because he he was with the bullets and they were probably desperate for something which tends to be why teams overreact with those contracts yeah I I don't have a better answer so if you want to go with that we can go with that it's like I said it's the first one that came to my mind I don't like to question things that first come to your mind so well, let's go with it all right we're gonna check in with Juwan Howard. Dare to be stupid has checked in with Jawan Howard. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you say? I remember uh, Alonzo Mourning getting a huge contract. Now, I don't know if that's the answer, but I know he got like over $100 million, So we checked in with Alonzo Mourning. Okay. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in with Alonzo Mourning. One team will be getting points. The answer is Jawan Howard. Nice call, Eric. Yeah, it's a good pull. To answer your question, Josh, he did have a new, his contract was actually, uh, the, the bullets canceled, terminated his contract early because of salary cap rules and they wanted to uh, secure a couple of other players. But what they did is they turned around and offered him an $89 million deal uh, that was uh, going to work within the salary cap rules. Uh, he, however, said no to that deal the heat came in and offered him seven years and about 101 million dollars he signed the contract then the nba declared that contract invalid because the heat had screwed up their finances and their account with the terms of the salary cap they didn't account for performance bonuses that like tim hardaway and pj brown got and they also uh mismanaged alonzo mornings contract extension which happened that same summer so in the end, he turned around, signed again with the Bullets for seven years, $105 million. And for about a week, actually was the only player to have a nine-figure deal, and he had two of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to question number three of the tailgate. Every year in late November or early December, Forbes magazine publishes its list of NHL team valuations. The New York Rangers have been number one on this list for five years running. Last year, they were valued at $1.65 billion. Which team came in second, valued at $1.5 billion? Josh, we can check in. I figured that might happen. (laughs) Derek has checked in. 
Uh, Rulon's frozen foot, you are free to talk aloud. All right, so I threw out the Kings, you threw out the Red Wings. I think the um, Bruins got to be on that list too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, could it be Toronto? Uh, they, mm. I figured it'd be like one of the original six that have just a, such a long fan base. But I think it's more about the city that they're in. But I think that still aligns with what we're talking about. So if you had to pick between the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Red Wings. Maybe Bruins. I think it's a good good call. I didn't think of it till you said it, but Well let's go with uh let's go with the Boston Bruins then. All right. Sounds good. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in with the Boston Bruins. Uh dare to be stupid, what did you check in with? So Matt, I think you're right. It's more has to do with the uh the size of the city more than the actual fan base or the longevity of it. because um, a lot of the land that they own you know, contributes to their value. Um, and with Toronto having a population population of almost 3 million, um, we went with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. Yeah, uh, Cheyenne and Matt, you were on the right path of trying to intersect size of city and an original six team. The answer is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh. Well, it's just points. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. No. <laughs> we know we're going to lose anyway, so we might as well lose spectacularly, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. So after the tailgate round, we have a score of Dare to be Stupid with 30 and Rulon's Frozen Foot with 10. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Now on to the first quarter, which will be... The Dean's List. The Dean's List. For this quarter, there will be three lists containing ten items, where the teams will go back and forth, guessing the items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly, the other team can attempt to finish out that list. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess. Each item is worth ten points. Okay, question number one in the Dean's List. Name the last 10 unique players to win the American League MVP award while playing for an AL East team. And since Rulon's frozen foot is trailing, we'll start with you guys. Off with Derek Jeter. I don't have Derek Jeter on that list. Well, that was a good start. <laughs> that happened to Matt before with me, so that's <laughs> all right. Well, we should probably use the mulligan now. <laughs> he has never won the regular season MVP award. Uh, gentlemen, are you going to use your mulligan? I think we have to, don't you think so? I, I th- yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and use it. And then, once you say that other one that you said, uh, Pedroia. In 2008, Dustin Pedroia is on the list. 
Josh, go with that first one. <laughs> Mookie Betts. In 2018, Mookie Betts is the most recent person on this list. You know, and that, it served me right, right? Being a Red Sox fan and then picking a Yankee for the first option. Like, <laughs> you know what, Cheyenne, as a fellow Red Sox fan, I have to agree with you. It does serve you right. What are you doing? Sorry, but do you guys want me to tell you, like, where they are in terms of recency? You can. You already did that. That's fine. Yeah, I think it'd help. So I'm going to tell you that Mookie Betts is the most recent. Pedroia is the third most recent. Wow. Wow. That... <laughs> oh. So there's only one player from the AL East between the two. Rulon's frozen foot. You're up. Yeah, that changes our time frame here quite a bit. So That makes it feel like it might go back quite a bit. So we went with Cal Ripken. Winning in 1991, Cal Ripken is the sixth most oh, recent. Wow. Oh, okay. One back a ways. Uh, we'll check in with Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson with the Blue Jays is on the list. Oh, sorry, 2015. Okay, let's go with Wade Boggs. I'm pretty confident he was on there. So, yeah, we'll go with Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs is not on the list. Wah, wah, wah. Dare to be stupid. (laughs) You uh, can talk it out and try to run the rest of this list. There are six remaining. So let's, let's, I know Mo Vaughn won it. So if before or after Ripken, so let's go with Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn with the Red Sox in 1995 is on the list. Which position was he in? He is number five. He's the next one after Ripken. So then Clemens won it, right? Yes, he did. With the Red Sox. So yep, we'll go with Roger Clemens. The ninth most recent Roger Clemens in 1986 is on the list. How many do we? How many are left? Four left. Numbers four, seven, eight, and ten in terms of recency. Okay. Didn't Mattingly win it in '85? I think so. I'm not sure on the year. I think it's '85. So, so then if he was, if Clemens was nine, then Mattingly would be, would be 10. Mattingly would be 10. Then we just have to figure out those other ones in between. Okay. So uh, we'll check in with Don Mattingly. The last member of this list is Don Mattingly in 1985. So we still have four, seven, and eight. Who would, who would be number four? A-Rod. Oh, they didn't say, they didn't say him? Nobody said A-Rod. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Alex Rodriguez. We'll check that in. He's got to be number four. He is winning in 2005 and 2007 with the Yankees. Alex Rodriguez is on the list. Who else is in there? The Brewers were in the AL East until like 94. And I believe Robin Yount or Yount is, um, is one of them because he was with the Brewers late 80s. I'm fairly positive I saw his name on the MVP list. I think he has one. Yeah. So do you want to go with him? Yep. Let's go with it. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll check in with Robin Yount. Winning in 1982 and 1989, which puts him on the list. Robin Yount from the Milwaukee Brewers is on the list. All right. So that leaves one left. So is that the seventh or eighth spot? Uh, yes. To answer your question, Josh, the one you're looking for is now the eighth most recent. So between Yount and and Clemens. It was 86 and then 89. So we have two years 
87 and 88. We don't have 88 because I know that was Conseco. Okay, so it's who won it in 87? I don't know. That's the question. Who won it in 87? <laughs> no idea. Anyone else in the Brewers? Uh, do we want to say Paul Molitor? See if he was on there? Go with it. I don't know if he won one or not, but uh, we'll go with Paul Molitor. St. Paul's own. Paul Molitor is not on the list. Uh, gentlemen, would you like to use your mulligan to try to <laughs> No. Uh, the one you were missing was from Toronto, and it was George Bell. George Bell. I haven't thought about George Bell in a long time. So, no, Not since 87. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to our second, and in my opinion, the most challenging of the three lists. Oh, great. Thanks. That's good for us. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't bode well. <laughs> Name the 10 female tennis players with the most single tournament titles in the open era. And I think most of us know the open era began in 1968. So name the 10 women who have won the most WTP titles. Dare to be stupid, you will be first for this list. Just, I mean, Serena Williams, right? I mean, you have to. She's gotta be on there somewhere. We're gonna go with Serena Williams. With 73 titles, Serena Williams is number six on the list. I'm pretty sure she's first. Uh, Margaret Court. With 92 titles, Margaret Court is fourth on the list. Okay. Oh, we're just doing uh, not uh, grands. Okay. Not grand slams. All all tournaments. Back to Dare to be Stupid. Uh, we'll check in with Martina Navratilova. With 167 titles, Martina Navratilova is number one on the list. I think a lot of the prominent players played more tournaments back in the day because they had you know, to. because they, they had to make more money. So let's go with uh, Billie Jean King. With 78 titles, Billie Jean King is number five on the list. All right, we're going to go with uh, Steffi Graf. With 107 titles, Steffi Graf is number three on the list. We'll go with that, Chris Everett. With 157 titles, Chris Everett is number two on the list. You guys have now pieced together numbers one through six, seven through 10 remain. All right, we're going to go with uh, Gulagong. Oh, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first ones I sent. Australia's pride, Yvonne Gulagong, is number seven on the list. She won 68 titles beginning when the Open Era began. She retired in 83. So she played throughout the 70s and into the early 80s. She is on the list. Back to Rulon's frozen foot. Justine Hennen. With 43 titles, Justine Hennen is tied for 12th. Oh. Ouch. So having used their mulligan, that means dare to be stupid. You do your best to get the last three on this list. So we still have on our list here, Monica Sellis, Venus Williams. Ingus, maybe? Was she around long enough? I think Sellis might be more likely than... Than Hingis? I mean, Venus was good for a while, right? I, I would, I'd feel more comfortable with Monica Sellis. Let's go with it. All right, we'll check in with Monica Sellis. With 53 titles, Monica Sellis is number 10 on the list. So we have the two ladies that are tied at eight remaining. 
I say maybe Venus. Well, let's try Venus. Let's go with Venus Williams. With 49 titles, Venus Williams is number 11. Would you guys like to use your mulligan to try to get the last two? No. Yes, we please would like to use our <laughs> mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I can tell you that the two that we didn't get, both tied at number eight with 55 titles, were Virginia Wade, tougher name to pull, and Lindsay Davenport. The interesting thing about Navratilova, she also leads all tennis players, both men and women, with 177 doubles titles. And she's also tied with, I think, John McEnroe for the most mixed double titles with 10. So she has a total, when you add it all together, of 354 titles. As a basis of comparison, the next most, with, you know, when you combine doubles, mixed doubles and singles, is Chris Everett at 189 and John McEnroe at 156. So she has basically lapped the field in terms of total titles. It's crazy. Good job on that list, gentlemen. Let's see. Um, moving on to question number three of the Dean's List. Name the 10 players with the most combined rushing, receiving, and return touchdowns in the NFL during the 2010s. So that's 2010 through 2019. And for this one, we're going to start with Rulon's frozen foot. Uh, yeah, the first one uh, from... Uh, in-state rival, I'll say uh, Adrian Peterson, who's somehow's nickname transferred from AD to AP, I think because of his name, but he was like all day was his nickname in like high school and college, and somehow he became AP. Uh, AD, not Anthony Davis, Adrian Peterson with 76 touchdowns combined is tied for number four on the list. He had 71 on the ground and five through the air. All right, we'll go with uh, Rob Gronkowski. With 79 touchdowns through the air and one rushing for a total of 80, Rob Gronkowski is tied for second on this list. So back over to Rulon's frozen foot. Just because he's been in the league for a million years, we'll go with uh, Frank Gore. With 59 touchdowns, Frank Gore is tied for 16th on this list. Well, it was a good while last year, boys. Peace. <laughs> I looked at the list recently, like where he ranks all time, and I was shocked at like the disparity between his yards and his touchdowns. That's exactly right. Frank Gore is near the top in a lot of yardage categories, but not a lot of scoring categories. Dare to be stupid. There are eight answers remaining. Uh, feel free to talk it out as you try to get as many as you can. Um, I know LaShawn McCoy is... He's got to be one with a bullet, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got to be. So we're going to go with LaShawn McCoy for the next one. LaShawn McCoy with 85 total touchdowns is, in fact, number one with a bullet. Antonio Brown? With 75 through the air and five return touchdowns for a total of 80, he is tied with Gronk for second on this list. All right, so if Gronk's on the list, then Jimmy Graham has to be. Um, so we're going to go with Jimmy Graham. With 74 touchdowns, all of them through the air, Jimmy Graham is number seven on this list. Okay. I'm pretty sure Jordy Nelson, like, what, five straight years of, like, 10 plus? It was, it was crazy what he was doing with Aaron Rodgers. So um, we're going to go Jordy Nelson next. 
You never cease to amaze me, Eric. With 68 touchdowns, Jordy Nelson is number 10 on this list. All right, well, uh, let's go down your list there. Then we'll go with uh, Todd Gurley. With 58 touchdowns rushing, plus 12 receiving for a total of 70, Todd Gurley is tied for eighth on this list. You mentioned Des, and did you give us a number for Jordy Nelson? 68. Then Des has to be, because I know he was in the 70s. Yeah, let's go with Des Bryant. With 73 receiving touchdowns, plus two return for a total of 75, Des Bryant is number six on this list. I, I forgot he returned, too. Yeah. Um, let's go with Lynch. With 76 total touchdowns, Marshawn Lynch is tied with AP for fourth on this list. All right, so there's one more guy. I've been trying to think of uh, fantasy football, like, you know, who's been scoring a ton of touchdowns. So that brings me back to Arian Foster. Did Mark Ingram catch many touchdowns? I mean, I know he... He had a stretch where he scored a bunch. Like, he didn't get a ton of yards, but he scored a lot. He, he got a lot. I mean, he, he caught a few. I mean, I'd be fine if you want to try Arian Foster because he did score a ton when in his peak. He caught the ball out of the backfield. A lot, yeah. Well, let's, let's try Arian Foster. Let's give that a try. All right. With 51 rushing and 14 receiving for a total of 65, Arian Foster is number 11 on this list. Well, we have our mulligan, so we get to take another shot at it. All right, who, who do you want? Let's go with Mark Ingram. All right. With 70 total touchdowns, Mark Ingram is tied for eighth on this list. Congratulations, gentlemen. You have completed it. Nice work, Josh. How many did he catch? He uh, ran in for 60 and caught 10. Okay. So at the end of the first quarter, we have the score of Rulon's Frozen Foot with 70 points, Dare to be Stupid with 240. And today's second quarter is going to be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Okay, so today's David versus Goliath does have a theme. The theme is two of a kind. So the deal is I'm going to give you a question that has two answers. In general, one of the answers is pretty easy to get. The other one is not. So the David is always going to be to name one, either one. And then the Goliath is going to be to name both. Oh, oh I love it. So. Just to be contrary, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> get off his lawn, damn it. <laughs> You know what, Josh? After that sci-fi halftime you gave me, <laughs> so happy you hate it. <laughs> okay, question number one of David versus Goliath. In the 2000s, only two men have won eight or more PGA Tour events in one year. So for the David, name one of those golfers. For the Goliath, name both. Yeah, we'll check in. 
Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid? Feel free to talk. So Tiger's got to be one of them. I I think so too. But um, Jordan, that that's the problem is when you get outside of the majors, like I have no real clue as to how many people have won. And I think the main reason that it's only been done, he said, twice in the two thousands, is because they're not playing in tournaments anymore. Like they get ready for a major, they're they're prepping for that major. They're not playing every tournament unless you're yeah. a low-level guy that doesn't you know what i mean so i say we just go with tiger right, woods right. And the ones yep yeah, i agree so we'll check in with the david with tiger woods hey look we didn't go goliath wow <laughs> okay so dare to be stupid in for the david with tiger woods rulon's frozen foot what did you check in with Told you, Matt, we had them right where we wanted them. We, like, intimidated them, and we're making them just go David. They're scared. Uh, yeah, we did the same thing. Uh, yeah, like, there's a list of so many names, right, that you could throw out there, like Garcia and even, like, Fowler or Bubba Watson or, yeah, just to come up with the second one seems impossible. Well, that is kind of what the Goliath is supposed to be. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not – I'm just saying, like, that list, like – like nothing sticks out, you know? So yeah, no, I, I love the question. Just a thousand options for that second one. That is true. Um, so both teams are correct with the David Tiger Woods did it twice. In fact, he won eight in 2006. He also won nine back in 2000. Um, the other person who won eight tournaments in 2004 was VJ Singh. Uh, so both teams getting 20 points on that question. Uh, and uh, you guys were talking, Eric, about how players play fewer tournaments. Uh, my flavor text kind of speaks to that. The only times that a player has won 10 or more tournaments in PGA history all occurred. It happened four times, and it all occurred between 1945 and 1950. Nowadays, with the with the money as high as it is, especially for the majors, you don't you know, if you finish high enough, you don't have to play a ton of tournaments to make a living. Mm -hmm. So I suppose they don't have to play in all of them like they maybe did back in the day just to make money. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so you, you, I don't know if anybody's ever going to win 10 in a single season again. Okay, on to question number two. Same concept. There will be two answers. You can give me one for David or two for Goliath. Two NBA teams have had a streak of making the playoffs 22 years in a row. The first team did it from 1950 to 1971. And the second team did it from 1998 to 2019. It should be noted that the earlier team changed ownership and moved in the middle of their streak. For that answer, I will accept either team name. You want to do that, Cheyenne? Yeah, I'm good with that. We're going to check in. Okay, Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Uh, dare to be stupid. Feel free to talk. Well, we agree that the Spurs was the most recent one, right? Yeah. That was, that was pretty big news when they didn't make it this, uh, this year. Yeah. You're right. And, you know, the way, he, the way he did talk about the wording on that, you know, I initially said Lakers, but uh, like you said, they kept their name. So technically, there wasn't a name change other than the city change. So I think you're right that it won't be them. Um, you're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> NBA 2K basketball 
<laughs> when you scroll through the jerseys, the 76ers were the Nationals. That's why I know that. Okay. Um, and that may, I know they're one of the older franchises. So they've, like I said, there's the Braves slash Clippers franchise, but they're not that old. And they moved more than once. I don't know if that matters. But I think just they moved more than once, but the the the, the, the name the team name didn't change, yes. but they went to San Diego and then they yeah. went to LA. But that was like in the 70s anyway, so that wouldn't have we and I don't I don't know who would I mean we're talking about what do we say 50 to 71? Yeah. That I wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been the Braves. It would not okay. have no. Do you feel confident in the I do 76ers nationals? I do. To go as a, to go for Goliath. Yep. All right. You want to check it in, or you want me to? Uh, we're, we're, we'll check in with the uh, Spurs and the 76ers. Dare to be stupid has checked in with the Spurs and the 76ers. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with? Uh, yeah, we went down pretty much the same path. I kind of missed the part where they changed team names, but uh, yeah, we've got the Spurs and. Just to be a little bit different, we'll say, and the Nationals. <laughs> so the Ruline's frozen foot has checked in with the Spurs and the Nationals. And I can tell you that everybody is getting points. The two answers are the San Antonio Spurs and the earlier team was the Syracuse Nationals slash Philadelphia 76ers. So now we have our new approach to this game, Cheyenne, is we're going to check in early and just copy whatever they say. At the <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah we agree with them. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say- it, was a, it was a tough deliberation. Um, <laughs> but Eric is right, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a solid strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and a little tidbit about the Nationals. The Nationals did win an NBA title in 55, and they were sold and moved to Philly in 1963. The man who sold the Nationals was a guy named Danny Biasone, or Biasone, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but he's uh, credited as one of the co-inventors of the 24-second shot clock. Hmm. Okay, on to question number three. And I apologize to Rulon's frozen foot. This is kind of uh, Eric's wheelhouse. <laughs> something to do with nhl so i can just sit back and and what so, year did the quebec nordiques <laughs> two nhl teams both of which play in the same place under the same name today have gone 17 games in a row without picking up a single point in the standings one team achieved this milestone of futility in 1974-75 when it finished in last place in the Eastern Conference. The other team to lose 17 in a row did so in 1992-93, when it finished last in the Western Conference. Both franchises were less than five years old when they achieved this feat. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and check in. Rulon's frozen foot is continuing its strategy of checking in first. (laughs) Dare to be stupid, feel free to talk it out. All right, so I know the Capitals 74-75 season, they won like eight games. Um, They were, like, if you look up garbage fire in a dictionary, you see a picture of the Capitals that season. That was, yeah. Um, Senators were 
92, 93, they were bad. They were really bad, but he said Western Conference team. So Yeah, and what year did the Senators start? I when think they, they start I th- I think they came in with the Sharks. Unless I'm thinking of something else. Um maybe 89, 90. I don't know if I'm remembering something wrong. Um, but I know the Sharks were very, very bad the first few years that they were a team. So I, I, I like the Sharks and the uh, Capitals. So let's let's go with it. Sounds good. Okay, Dare to be Stupid has checked in with the Sharks and the Capitals. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with? Yeah, we when the when it came to the seventies one, we were throwing around Washington, um, the Penguins, the Islanders were really bad too. But I remember now that uh, Eric said it that Washington was really really bad. That's right. I knew that they were bad, but I didn't know that they were that bad. The one I did know was the Sharks in ninety in that early nineties were just atrocious. So we checked in with the San Jose Sharks or whatever they're called, the Sharks. Yeah, weren't we going to wait and find out if they got oh, that's right, right or wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we checked in with the same thing as they did. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, just kidding. We did the David, and we went with the Sharks. Okay, so Matt and Cheyenne checking in with uh, the Sharks for a David answer. Uh, the Sharks are correct, uh, and they, hint, they were the easier of the two because they are the only Western Conference team that would have qualified for being five years or younger in 92-93. The only other two franchises that were that young were the Lightning and the Senators. They both play in the East. Uh, And the team in 1974-75 was, in fact, the Washington Capitals. Well done. Okay. Question number four in David versus Goliath. The World Series MVP award began in 1955. Since then, there have been two occasions when teammates shared the award in the same year. So the David is to give me the year, the team, and the players for one of those occasions. The Goliath is to give me the year, the team, and the players for both of those occasions. Yeah, you want to just lock in with what we had so far? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and check in, Joe. Whatever answer Eric has. Yeah. (laughs) Rulon's frozen foot once again, checking in first. Dare to be stupid. Let's hear your thoughts. Well, we both uh, we both agreed with uh, Schilling and Johnson for the D-backs in 01. And uh, <laughs> then Eric's, Eric typed to me and said, I'm assuming the other is way outside of my baseball knowledge. So um, I think he's probably right. It probably is pre-90s. Um, so, you know, somewhere from 55 to 89 would be my guess, somewhere in there. But Matt didn't know it, so, I mean, it can't be that old. Okay, so we're talking maybe like the <laughs> 70s, 80s. World Series MVP is like the – is one of my blind spots. I don't even understand yeah. why people would even know that. It just, to me I, – I can tell you it wasn't 87 and it wasn't 91. <laughs> that's what I that's about the most I can tell you I can rule those two years out there were not co-MVPs I'm guessing you can rule out 05 I can Jermaine Dye alright All right, let's um, just go with a 2001 Schilling yeah. Johnson Diamondbacks agreed we'll do David for that with that okay dare to be stupid has checked in with the 2001 diamondbacks randy johnson and kurt schilling uh rulon's frozen foot what did you check in with 
Um, well, I, I, we didn't really check in with anything because neither of us had any clue, but we threw some answers down. <laughs> and so we'll just say those. Uh, we did 96 Braves, Andrew Jones, and Smoltz. So Rulon's version foot has checked in with Andrew Jones and John Smoltz from the 96 Braves. One team will be getting points. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling did split the award in 2001 for the Diamondbacks. Nice. Nice job, guys. The other answer to this question was the 1981 Dodgers when they beat the Yankees. And that one was actually split three ways between Ron Say, Steve Yeager, and Pedro Guerrero. It was kind of a big deal when it happened. I'm old enough to remember when it happened uh, because it was the first time nobody even thought the MVP award could be split. And to make an unprecedented situation even a little weirder, uh, Bob Euchre was the broadcaster who was in the locker room for the trophy presentation. And he and Bowie Kuhn mistakenly presented the award, the award to the wrong Steve. They had Steve Garvey with the group instead of Steve Yeager. So... <laughs> He thanked people and accepted the award and then found out later he was the wrong Steve and it wasn't his. Just a bit outside. <laughs> I was actually born on game five. Is, okay. You don't remember? 10-25-1981. That was game five. That was my the day I was born. So, yes, I wasn't wrong. And you don't remember this answer. <laughs> I don't. As a Red um, Sox and Giants fan, I don't acknowledge this World Series. Didn't, uh, didn't the Braves win it in 95? Wasn't it the Yankees in 96? Sure. Yes. I just wanted, hey, we have some people who like corrections when things are not right. No, you're right. You're right. Actually, we might not have listeners. It is true. That, the Braves, but... 96, the Yankees beat the Padres, I believe, right? Actually, That's I think right. they beat so, the Braves. We should just record our be- answer. Um <laughs> In 2001, it was split between <laughs> Shilson and Johnson. And then surprisingly, it was 1981 with some guy named Steve. <laughs> His first names, are they acceptable? No? Okay. All right. <laughs> Question number five in David versus Goliath. Only two players have amassed 7,500 or more receiving yards while wearing a Patriots uniform. One is a tight end and the other is a wide receiver. The David is to name one, the Goliath is to name both. Agreed. Should we check in? Yep, we'll check in. All right, we're checked in. Okay, for a change of pace, Dare to be Stupid has checked in first. Rulon's frozen foot. Talk out loud. Stole our strategy. Now they're gonna steal our answer. I know. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Grok has got to be one of these for the tight end. Yeah, I know that Wells a- Welker has a bunch of yards, but I don't think he's quite there yet. He's only been there for a few years. Or not a few, but like what? Yeah, he wasn't there long enough. Yeah. But I don't know. I know that they had a wide receiver from like the late 70s to the late 80s or early 90s that was consistently decent, but... I don't, yeah. I don't know how the long, person's name. How long was Irving Fryer there? To be honest with you, I remember the name. I have no clue how long he was there. I say we go with the David and go with Gronk, but I know that there was that 80s receiver, but I have no idea what his name is. The only one I'm thinking of, like, 
I said was Irving Pryor, a Nebraska guy. When what uh, what time frame was he there? I think like late late eighties into the nineties. Yeah. I mean, we can go with them if you want, but we'll lose I mean, all if we want if we do that. I mean, at this point, right? You want to do it? Yeah, let's go for All it. Right, we're going to check in with the David with Irving Fryer and Rob Gronkowski. I'm sorry, do you mean the Goliath with Did Irving I say Fryer? David? Sorry, Goliath, yep. Okay, so Rulon's Frozen Foot is checking in with Irving Fryer and Rob Gronkowski uh, as the Goliath answer. And dare to be stupid, what did you come up with? Yeah, we were pretty quick to get to Gronk for the tight end. And, uh, you know, through the through the different names, um, the older guy that Eric threw to me was Stanley Morgan. That's it. And he was there, the one from the late 70s to through the most of the 80s. And the only reason that uh, I was able to confirm that was because I almost used this list for a wheelhouse um, question. So we checked in with uh, Stanley Morgan and Rob Gronkowski. Well, I can tell you, Josh, I would have appreciated that wheelhouse because I would have killed that list. Uh, (laughs) The answers are Rob Gronkowski with 7,861 yards and Stanley Morgan with 10,352 yards. Um, Stanley Morgan was, he's, I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm biased, but he's quite honestly one of the best wide receivers to not be in the Hall of Fame. He's got over 500 catches. He leads in NFL history for any receiver with over 500 catches. His 19.2 yards per catch average is number one all time. Um, And he, at the time of his retirement, led the Patriots in every receiving category. Gronk passed him in touchdowns and he's been passed in a number of them but not yards he leads the patriots in yards by quite a large margin and uh rulon's frozen foot you were talking about wes welker he came within 31 yards of making this threshold wow that shocks me yeah six seasons 7469 yards okay so heading into the halftime we have a score of rulon's frozen foot with 160 Dare to be stupid with 430. And now, today's halftime show. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Question number one of the halftime. What singer and songwriter of rock and folk music who is best known for his 1978 album, Excitable Boy, released the song Boom Boom Mancini in 1987. That's, that's it. That's it. Checking in. All right, we're going to check in. Dare to be Stupid has checked in. Rulon's Frozen Foot, feel free to talk. The only folk writer and singer that I could think of that time for, I mean, not the only one, but the only one that comes to my mind off the top of my head is that Warren Zevon, but I have no idea if that's who it is. Uh, check in with it yeah let's do it we'll check in with warren zevon rulon's frozen foot has checked in with warren zevon dare to be stupid what did you check in with only reason i knew this is because i knew the song werewolves of london was on excitable boy and it was by warren zevon hey blind squirrel 
Both, both teams will be getting points. The answer is Warren Zevon. And of course, Boom Boom Mancini is most famous for knocking out uh, Duck Koo Kim, who ended up dying. Uh, he was in a coma. He died five days later. A um, couple things that I learned about that story when I was researching this question. Not only did the boxer die five days later, but the effects went further than that. Kim's mother, the boxer's mother, committed suicide shortly after the fight, as did the referee of the match. I remember the referee. Yeah. Kim's mother did it like three months after the fight, and the referee did it like uh, almost a full year later. So That's a fun question. Way to bring down the <laughs> podcast, Joe. Jeez. <laughs> happy note let's move on to question number two <laughs> better be a willy wonka question or else this isn't going anywhere <laughs> question number two what actor who played football for san diego state under don coriel and had a cup of coffee with john madden's oakland raiders has appeared in 13 episodes of the disney plus show the mandalorian yeah yep yeah all right we'll check in Dare to be stupid has checked in. Rulon's frozen foot. Feel free to talk it up. So this had to have been an older. This is because Don Coriel was Don. I say his last name. Yeah, Coriel. Coriel was the coach in San Diego State in like the '60s, right? Because then he went to he coached at uh, the Chargers in the '70s. Um. So what's? For, I've not seen the mandalorian like i keep meaning to but who's the who's the star wars actor that was that played um lando lando yeah billy d williams could that be who it is yeah i know that he played uh college football that's the best Um, guess i got yeah let's go with it we're gonna check in with billy d williams the man the myth the legend (laughs) rulon's frozen foot with Colt 45's own Billy D. Williams. Uh, Dare to be stupid. What did you check in with? Yeah, it, uh, it was a uh, different actor who played college football. Um, also was Apollo Creed uh, in the Rocky movies. The answer is Carl Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. That's, I, That's the... Yeah. Chubbs Peterson? Yes, exactly. I was like, God. I knew that he played college football as well. I just, I haven't seen it. So I didn't know he was in there. It's all in the hips. So uh, I think the reactions have told the story, but to make it official, the answer is Carl Weathers. Uh, Weathers plays Grief Karga, who is the leader of the Bounty Hunters Guild. He's basically the guy who has jobs for, for the Mandalorian. Uh, in the series. Question number three. What major league pitcher who is known to intimidate batters with his handlebar mustache and bizarre mound behavior during his 11-year career also starred as power-hitting first baseman Clue Haywood in the 1989 movie Major League? I don't think that that's right, um, Cheyenne, but that I'm not going to get to it. So unless you know this. Uh, Yeah, I've got the one guess. Yep. All right. We're going to go ahead and check in with our guess that we think is almost certainly wrong. Okay. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid. Feel free to talk. Uh, Corbin Burnson. That's, I mean, I, 
Who's the other Tom Berenger. Charlie Sheen. Pick one. I don't what know. is his name? Renee Russo. <laughs> Who's the guy from those insurance commercials? Pedro Serrano. That guy. I mean, President David Palmer in 24. I can, Correct. I can obviously picture him from Major League, but of course, the only handlebar mustache I can think of is not this person. It's not Raleigh Fingers. I know more about Major League Two than I do about Major League One. <laughs> that is really Dude. sad. That is super sad. I was just telling Eric that he has a serious issue if that's true. Like, why would you know about, more about two than you do about one? Well, when, when you're growing up in the 80s and early 90s and you have, what, you know, before satellite TV, you were just at the, um, the video you, store. You had to watch, yeah, no, you had to watch whatever TBS put on a Saturday afternoon and that was always <laughs> Major League Two. It was never Major League One. TBS should be sued for that. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you guys checking in? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what we say. Yeah. Jack Parkman. Jack Parkman. <laughs> Fine. We'll check in with Jack Parkman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dare to be stupid checks in with Jack Parkman, the character from two, somehow <laughs> in one. <laughs> Been done before. Um, and Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with? Uh, well, this was all Matt's idea. I was like, no, there's no chance it's this guy. He was like, yeah, Goose Gossage. It's got to be Goose Gossage. So I was like, no way. And so we checked in with Goose Gossage. It might not have happened that way at all. Hans <laughs> Frozen Foot checks in with Goose Gossage. Uh, unfortunately, no teams will be getting points. The answer is Pete Vukovic. Oh, sure, him. Pete Vukovic. All right, Josh, here we go. You're not three, you two, one. Josh, you know him. Josh actually knows him. I, I, yeah, you're not going to get a who. I know I've Pete Vukovic. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to come up with him as an actor. Yeah. Pete Vukovic won the 1982 Cy Young. Yeah, as he was, uh, when he he's was. Not an, he's not an unknown. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Oh, that's okay. Uh, no, Vukovic, he led the Brewers to the World Series when they lost to the Cardinals in 82. He won the Cy Young. Um, and he was a maniac on the mound. I don't know if you've ever seen old clips, but he would, like, stick his tongue out at the batter while he was in the windup. He would spit, cross his eyes. He would, like, go all crazy. He would scream at the umpire while he was throwing the pitch. And occasionally he would go to the back of the mound and, like, convulse and dry heave. <laughs> he was all over the place all right on to question number four and definitely somebody everybody has heard of in june in june of 2015 sean puff daddy combs was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon battery and making terrorist threats for attacking sal alosi who is the strength and conditioning coach at ucla Combs was at the ucla workout facility because his son justin was a redshirt junior cornerback at the time what item, which is not uncommon to see at a workout facility, but definitely an unusual item to attack someone with, did Combs use to try to hit Alosi? 
You want to just check in with our answer? I don't yeah, you want to check in with that second one I sent you? Yeah, so we're going to check in, Joe. Okay. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Uh, dare to be stupid. What are you thinking? No, I think we're going to check in, too. We're going to check in with a uh, kettlebell. Okay. Dare to be stupid has checked in with a kettlebell. Um, Rulon's frozen foot, what did you say? Uh, yeah, we just locked in with uh, what... Both of us are being today very well. <laughs> and we went with dumbbells. And Rulon's frozen foot checks in with dumbbell. Uh, one team will be getting points. It was a kettlebell. Wait, now, define a challenge here. Define <laughs> dumbbell and kettlebell here. Come on now. A, d- a dumbbell has a straight bar and thing weights on the end. A kettlebell has a handle. Official challenge. <laughs> Unofficial challenge. Uh, until <laughs> until I get points for Dick Weber. That, <laughs> Which is never going to happen. Okay, so uh, I am obviously somewhat the judge and jury in this game, and I'm going to say a dumbbell and a kettlebell are not the same. Oh, for the- so close. Uh, and for what it's worth, Eric, Dick Weber was incorrect. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I still don't. I will never give this up. Dick Weber was a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he would be to you right now. He was on wings. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number five of the halftime. What athlete made a cameo in Adam Sandler's 2011 bomb, Jack and Jill? appeared on an episode of both Silver Spoons and The Love Boat in the mid-1980s and replaced Eric Estrada for seven seven episodes on the TV show Chips in 1981 as Estrada was embroiled in a contract dispute. I'm good with that. Do you want to check in? Joe, we're going to check in. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid. Feel free to talk it up. I'm trying to go through it. I know Michael Irvin was at Bill Romanowski, Shaquille O'Neal. But these, these aren't guys guys. old enough. No, that's what I mean. I, 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 I'm no, not getting I remember when Shaq was on chips. It was awesome. It was so. <laughs> I mean, 1980s Shaq, Shaq on chips on, was awesome. He would have loved to have been on chips. Doesn't he, doesn't he want to be a police officer? Or didn't he for a while? Isn't that, wasn't that one of his things? He I read, think so, yeah. He actually got deputized somewhere in Florida or something. Um, so we're looking for an athlete from like the seventies, maybe early eighties. Greg Luganis. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't, I think you're not, I don't think we're far back enough. Luganis no. isn't, you're, now you're talking like into the mid to late eighties. Okay. This is going to be somebody from like the seventies into the early eighties. Fernando Venezuela. Venezuela? Vel- <laughs> uh, yeah, him too. <laughs> Fernando Chile. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fernando got, Argentina. So you so you, you got nobody yeah. else from, from earlier in the movie Jack and Jill, some older athlete? I think John McEnroe. Was he in it? Yeah. I mean he he would have been in the seventies, early eighties. On chips? I don't know about that, but unless you got someone else, uh, like I, let's Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce. I mean, at the time he would have been Bruce. Yeah, he was in it. Yeah, he might be more likely than he'd be more likely than John McEnroe. 
If he was in Jack and Jill, that'd be the one I would go with. I, I don't think John McEnroe would have been on no. chips. Okay, let's let's let. I, I don't know how you want to check in. What I mean, what's Bruce? the appropriate it, way to it, check I in? Mean, I mean, it was Bruce in the movie. But I don't. So Bruce, Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner now Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If he was in Jack and Jill, let's check that in. To be stupid is checking in with Bruce now Caitlyn Jenner. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with? I don't. We just completely guessed on somebody that would be in their early late or late twenties or early thirties in nineteen eighty and a prominent athlete, and we said Bruce Jenner also. And then you guys got to that. I don't, are we? So that's what don't we said. You in guys, yeah, Eric, Eric got to yeah. it. So we checked in with Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner. So both teams are checking in with Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner, and both teams will be getting points. Oh, my god! No logic whatsoever. <laughs> oh, nice job, Eric. Way to, way to get through all the – apparently there's a ton of athletes in that movie. The, yeah, and that's why I as the first one because it's still a pretty wide swath of athletes to have to narrow it down with. Jared Fogel's in – that's true. Gerald Fogel is so is uh, Regis, so is Romanowski and Irvin and all the people that you named. You had it right. Um, and Bruce Jenner is the one. He played Officer Steve McLeish, uh, who replaced Ponch as Estorado was trying to work out uh, a contract. Shaquille O'Neal. Remake of Chips with Shaquille O'Neal. I'm telling you right now. Hollywood gold. Printing Him and Rick money. Fox. Yes. <laughs> If you put Shaquille O'Neal on that bike, it would look like a tricycle underneath him. <laughs> so after the end of halftime, here are your scores. Rulon's frozen foot has an even 200, and Dare to be Stupid has 510. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench, Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. And now we move on to the third quarter, which will be Odd One Out. The Odd One Out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one in Odd One Out. Oh, I should say, Odd One Out also has a theme today. And that theme is, yeah, we know him too. And I think this theme will become apparent after the first or second question. So question number one, major league teams that Roberto Alomar played for. And just before I list the teams, I'm going to let you know so there's no game theory going on here. In each case, I did it alphabetically. Major league teams that Roberto Alomar played for, Diamondbacks, Mets, Orioles, Padres, Rangers, White Sox. We can check in, Josh. Okay. Do we want to use the same – theory on this one and just check in with whatever they check in with yeah let's do that <laughs> okay like for me it feels like it's rangers or d-backs yeah you just want to go i mean it seems like i don't remember him playing for either one of those teams yeah i know and i feel like i can picture him with the other four 
I just can't picture. Well, in my brain, I think I have him with the Orioles, White Sox, and Mets. But I thought maybe him and for some reason uh, his brother were on the Padres together. Okay, but I you might just wanna, just be... Which one do you want to do? Go with Diamondbacks or Rangers? Let's go D-backs. We're gonna check in with the Diamondbacks. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Dare to be stupid. What did you check in with? We checked in with the other team they didn't pick out of the two, uh, the Texas Rangers. Dare to be stupid checks in with the Rangers, and one team will be getting points. Roberto Alomar did play with the Mets and the White Sox. That was his last team, by the way. Um, and the Orioles. I think he was pretty famous on the Orioles. The Padres were his first team, and he did play with his brother. In 2004, uh, somewhere in between his two stints with the White Sox, I believe it is, he did play 38 games with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So the answer is the Texas Rangers. We're so, backing them in a corner. <laughs> yeah, we're getting them right where we want them. <laughs> so Alomar actually played with uh, – Roberto played with Sandy three separate times. He played with them at the beginning of his career with the Padres, in the middle of his career with the Indians, which is a team I didn't list, um, and then for the last time with the White Sox, which was Roberto's last team. Okay, question number two in Odd One Out. National Football League teams that Josh McCown played for. Oh, jeez. And your choices are Bears, Browns, Buccaneers, Dolphins, Jets, Raiders. Unless you got some thunder, it's just basically pick one because I don't even know the difference between the two brothers. I know that they played with just about every team in the league. So, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. We're going to check in. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid? Only one I can't picture him with is the Dolphins. Okay. I see him on the Raiders. I see him on the Bears. I see him on the Bucks. I see him on the Browns. Yeah, definitely Bears, Browns, Bucks, and Jets for sure. Yeah, so we're down to Dolphins or Raiders. Dolphins and Raiders, but you can't you you can picture him in a Raiders. If if it's him, I see McCown. <laughs> um, All right, I, I I trust you more than I trust me. So, and mine had a question mark after it. So yeah, if you can't picture him as a Dolphin, then All right, let's go with the uh, the the Dolphins. Dare to be stupid is checking in with the Miami Dolphins. Roland's frozen foot. What did you check in with? We guessed 100% the Miami Dolphins. Unless it's wrong. <laughs> if it's wrong, then screw you, Eric. Roland's, Roland's frozen foot also checked in with the Dolphins, and both teams will be getting points. <laughs> Dolphins. McCown played for nine different teams over his 17-year career. He had 76 starts with a career record of 23 and 53. And interestingly, um, after David Carr retired in 2012, McCown was the last quarterback left from the 2002 draft. And not only was he the last one in 2012, he played till 2019. So he lasted seven seasons longer than any other quarterback from his draft class. He oh. all threw Larry Fitzgerald's first career touchdown catch. Because nice. he, was, he was originally with the Cardinals. I did not put that team on there. Is he out of the league or is he back in it again? I thought I saw that there's discussion he might come back again. From my, to my knowledge, he is not in the league currently. And if you're going to unretire, I would imagine 2020 might be the worst season to unretire in. So I, I, I don't think he's in the league at the moment. Who's okay. he on last year? Was he on the Eagles last year? Yeah. Yes. Now I'm looking it up now. 
Yeah, the Eagles. Yep. Oh no, it says his current team is the Eagles. Did he sign back on again with them? Hold on, I'm looking. I thought I saw something in all of the different sports crap that comes scrolling through my feeds. That's been oh my gosh, holy cow. Uh oh well I mean he he didn't really play last year, but I know. Was... Let's not Google this because it's gonna end up being the Dolphins. And mm. we're all gonna lose one. <laughs> That's a great point, Cheyenne. Point. Um, On September 6, 2020, the Eagles signed McNown to the practice squad to serve as an emergency quarterback, making him the oldest practice squad player in NFL history. Oh. <laughs> well, there's another nugget for you. I got to write a question now. <laughs> Josh, give it up. Actually, McCown, so for about 15 years, I was, um, I don't know if you guys ever go to NFL games. But when you go to a game, you see there's a guy with orange gloves on, like huge, long orange gloves to signal TV timeouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was that guy in the Bay Area for 15. Oh. I did that for the Niners and the Raiders. And Josh McCown is the victim of the nastiest hit I have ever seen right there on the sidelines. He got hit so hard. He rolled left through right. And as his chest was open, some guy in, you know, wearing a 92 or whatever, some defensive lineman from the Broncos absolutely obliterated him four feet in front of me. It was, I didn't think he was going to get up. And as a matter of fact, Lane, Lane Kiffin started going after the defensive lineman. He threw the pass and it was a touchdown. So everybody's celebrating and Kiffin's getting into it with this defensive lineman from the Broncos, like right in front of my face. McCown's laying on the ground. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It was a, I thought he might be dead. crazy okay question number three an odd one out nba teams that jason terry played for and your choices are bucks celtics clippers hawks nets and rockets all right we'll go ahead check in rulon's frozen foot has checked in dare to be stupid feel free to talk it out all right so if you picture him with the bucks at the end then it's then it's the clippers because i have him on all those other teams yeah, I, I can't picture him in a Clippers uh, uniform, and I think he was on the Bucks at the end of his career. All right. Check him with the Bucks. No, no. Check him with the Clippers. Uh, Clippers, yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, with the Bucks. You already checked yep, in yep, too yep. late. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dare to be stupid checks in with the Clippers. There you go. Rulon's frozen foot, what did you check in with? I don't think either of us really had a clue on this, so we just went with the Celtics. Name a team that was on your list. (laughs) Since you did name a team that was on the list, unfortunately only one team will be getting points. The Clippers were the team that he has never played for. And you were right, Josh. He was with the Bucs from 2016 to 2018, and that was his last team. Okay, I'm guessing that everybody can anticipate what's coming next. We've had a major league player, we've had a football player, we've had a basketball player, and now we're going to go to college wrestlers. Snooker player. College wrestlers. College wrestlers. (laughs) Podcast favorite, NHL teams that Yaramir Yarger has played for. Bruins, Devils, Flames, Flyers, Islanders, Panthers. We'll go ahead and check in, Joe. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid. What are you thinking? It's it's the Islanders, Josh. Okay. 
right, we're going to check in with the uh, Islanders. Dare to be stupid checks in with the Islanders. Yeah, we, no, it's not. Yeah, it's we the Boston Bruins. No, no see, so you, you misread that. Oh, oh I, I misspelled oh. it. B-R-U-I-N-S. Oh, that's right. Well, Bruins and Islanders <laughs> are very close. It's just Auto-correct. a matter of like, you know, six letters. I mean, come on. <laughs> Um, so I'm assuming that means you checked in we checked in with an answer that is not the New York Islanders so (laughs) or the Long Island Island, whatever they're called alright I'm just going to put you down as the Bruins then (laughs) Yarmy Yarger did play with the Devils Uh, he did have a short stint with the Flames that was his last team in 2017-18 he had his last decent run of his career with the Panthers he played like two and a half years with the Panthers Uh, did play with the Flyers for a year he also in 2012-2013 was trying to help the Bruins get to the Stanley Cup run that they went on he got injured and didn't play a ton but he did play for the Bruins meaning the Islanders is the team that I was looking for Question number five. We've already run through the four major sports, so we're going to veer off a little bit. College football programs that Lou Holtz has been the head coach for. And your choices are Arkansas, Minnesota, North Carolina State, Notre Dame, South Carolina, and Toledo. All right. You want to check in? Rulon's frozen foot is checking in. Dare to be stupid. Feel free to speak. North Carolina State or Toledo? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Wasn't he the Jets head coach for a minute? I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say yes. 13 games. Okay. Because I know he was Arkansas. I, you know, I don't. Because of you, I know he's Minnesota. I would never have known that until this podcast. Yeah. So he was Arkansas before Minnesota. He was Minnesota. He was Notre Dame. He was. And then he went to South, South Carolina. Carolina. I think it would have been before his NFL coaching. I think he would have had to have come from a bigger program. So I, my guess is maybe he was at NC State before he went to the pros. Yeah, I don't think he I, would have jumped from Toledo to the Jets. I can't imagine the Jets would have taken somebody out of Toledo. So I'd say NC State then. and uh, so then Or I'd say he, he coached at NC State, and then yeah. the answer would be Toledo as the odd one out. Okay, let's uh, check in with Toledo. Dare to be stupid is checking in with Toledo. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with? We checked in with NC State. We didn't. I mean, Toledo, NC State were seem to be the two odd ones, and we just took a guess. Okay, uh, so everybody seems to be in agreement, especially having some diehard Minnesota fans. That would have been, I think, for most people, another tough one to pin down. But uh, he did coach for obviously Notre Dame and South Carolina. Those are the last two teams of his career. Um, before that, it was Minnesota for a couple seasons. Before that, it was Arkansas. You guys sussed out. I, I tried to throw in Toledo because most coaches start out at a small school, but he was, in fact, the coach of NC State from 72 to 75 before doing, uh, being the coach of the Jets in 76. So the answer is Toledo. Yeah, I think without the, without the NFL part of that, I maybe would have leaned Toledo, but so after the fourth, uh, excuse me, after the third quarter, our scores are Rulon's frozen foot with 220, Dare to be stupid 610. So Matt, you're recording this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so after this, we get off. We can go back in and just like change all the answer. Like oh, we'll yeah. just re-answer. Yeah, Easy. you can just cut it in. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After this, I'll, oh, okay. The answer is Toledo. Uh, the answer is the Islanders. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Joe, what I need you to do now is say a score update. Uh, it's 590 to 590. Surprise, it's a tight game here, boys and girls. <laughs> You're taking points away from us now? We have to give no. a wrong five, Oh, you guys had 590, right? 610. 610. Oh, where did I get my math wrong? Oh, I missed one there. Okay, sorry. We're now moving on to the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. Okay, and your categories for the fourth quarter today. Number one, a league of their own, and that will be baseball. Number two, old school, that will be Olympics. Number three, the losers, that is soccer. Number four, never-ending story, that is football. And number five, hackers, and that is basketball. So now the teams will decide their wagers, and we'll get on to the questions. Both teams have checked in with their wagers, so let's get on to the questions. Question number one, a league of their own. Who became the first pitcher to win a Cy Young Award in both the American and National Leagues when he won his second Cy Young in 1978? Okay, <laughs> we're going to check in. <laughs> Rulon's frozen foot is checked in. Uh, dare to be stupid. Tell us what you're thinking. So I told you I know about three pitchers, maybe, from the 70s, and that's Gaylord Perry, Tom Seaver, and uh, Steve Carlton. Yeah, and the first one he sent to me was Gaylord Perry. And I'm yeah. pretty sure that he won one for the Padres and then one for the Indians. That would be both, both leagues. Yeah, that's why when you sent me that one and I said, I think that's it. You know, yeah, you know, once again, looking at trivia to write and multi-winners of things, these things pop up sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I think we go with Gaylord Perry. If that's, yeah, I mean, say, those are just names. I, I have nothing behind it. So older, obviously, some of the older stuff hits me a little better than it hits you. Yeah, so, hey, I'm good with it if you're good with it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check in with Gaylord Perry. Dare to be stupid checks in with Gaylord Perry. And what was your wager? 100 points. The conflicted frozen foot team, what did you check in with? There was a part of us that was kind of hoping we'd get all five of these wrong, so we'd end up with just a single point. But we also checked in with Gaylord Perry. So both teams have checked in with Gaylord Perry, and both teams will be getting their respective points winning the 1972 Cy Young with the Indians and the 78 with the Padres. You were exactly right, Josh. Gaylord Perry was the first. Uh, we wagered 45 on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, 45 and 100 for Dare to be Stupid. Nice job, gentlemen. Okay, on to question number two, which is old school Olympics. Who was the first U.S. swimmer to appear in five Olympics? and is the oldest person to ever represent the U.S. swim team at an Olympics, doing so at the age of 41. We're going to check in there, Mr. Joe. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid? Feel free to talk. 
Dana Torres was the one yeah, that I remember I don't being. Think, yes, Torres. I think that is it. I think her name is Dana or Dara. 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 Dara, Dara. Something like that. Um, she was the she was the old you know the old lady that was there is what they you know made her out to be. Um, yeah, I, that's that. And then there was that other one. I think that one might may have been more recent. I can't remember her name though. No, I I think it's Torres. I think that's right. All right, you want to go with that? Yep. All right, we're going to check in with Torres for 100 points. Dare to be stupid checks in with Torres for 100. Um, Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with and for how much? Okay, yeah, 45 on this, and we said Torres as well. Uh, I was pretty sure she was the one I remembered who just has been swimming forever. Both teams checked in with the answer of Torres. And both teams will be receiving the points. The answer is Dara Torres. Torres actually swam in the 84, 88, 92, then skipped one, 2000, then skipped another one in 2008 Olympics. So it was the 08 games where she made her fifth appearance. Since Torres set the record with five Olympics, the only person to match it is Michael Phelps. Question number three, the losers, which is soccer. The English Premier League was founded in 1992 and has just begun its 29th season. Which London-based club, which has played in the top flight for 25 of these 29 seasons, has the most losses in Premier League history with, as of last week, 385? Joe, we're going to go ahead and check in. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid. Feel free to speak out loud. So if I remember correctly, I know Everton's up there and West Ham United is up there. You think West Ham is? I think they would be, of the two, relegated more. So only appearing in 25 of the 29, I guess, would make more sense. Okay. Um, But that's, I mean, it's more or less a coin flip on both of those. But I'm fairly confident they're both at the bottom. Um, All right, I for the for the sheer fact of like I've looked at these lists, like a lot of these questions I would never have a clue in the world in, but you know, writing questions and doing all these things, honestly, it helps a lot. Especially like, when, when I have a met, yeah, like but, when I can picture the lists in my head again, it it's just yeah. No, I'm cool with that. Let's let's go with West Ham. All right, we're gonna check in with West Ham United for a uh, hundred. Dare to be stupid has checked in with West Ham United for a hundred points. Um, Roland's frozen foot. What did you check in with and for how much? Well, we checked in for uh, 39 points on this one. We just kind of rolled through the teams we thought were in the London area. Arsenal, Chelsea are too good uh, consistently to be on the list. And the other two we could think of were West Ham and Tottenham Hotspurs. And so we just flipped a coin and went with the Tottenham Hotspurs. And Roland's frozen foot went with Tottenham. Um, I can tell you that the clue of 25 out of 29 seasons would eliminate both West, uh, excuse me, both Tottenham and Everton from consideration. Both of those teams have been in it every single year. The answer is West Ham United. Nice job, Eric. So um, your teams that have been in it the whole time, I believe there's six. It's Everton, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man U, and Liverpool. Question number four in the fourth quarter, never ending story, which is football. What NFL team has gone the longest since its last playoff victory? As of this recording, 
It has been 29 years and nine months since they last enjoyed a playoff win. All right, we're going to check in. Dare to be stupid has checked in. Rulon's frozen foot. Feel free to speak out loud. 29 years and how many ever months would put us back into like 1991. So the only one, the one that we're coming up with then, since it wasn't Buffalo then, because they were in the Super Bowl a couple years, you know, and years after that. So we're thinking maybe Cleveland, but then there's that caveat about Cleveland slash Baltimore. We're just going to go with a current NFL team with the longest drought. And I think that might be Cleveland. What do you, you want to go with that, Cheyenne? Yeah, or I'm trying to remember if the Lions had a year where they were kind of good. I feel like there was one year where they were decent. They won just here a couple of years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with the Browns. Okay, Let's we're going to go works. ahead and check in for 45 points with the uh, Cleveland Browns. Rulon's frozen foot checks in with the Cleveland Browns for 45 points. Dare to be stupid. What did you check in with and what did you wager? So I know um, Detroit, their last playoff win was 1991, but I believe the only one old longer than that is another Ohio team, um, the Cincinnati Bengals. So we checked in with the Bengals for 100 points. Dare to be stupid checks in with the Bengals for 100. Eric steals 50% of my flavor text. The answer is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals beat the Oilers in January of 91, so the 1990 playoffs. Um, 41-14, they then lost to the Raiders the next week. And I believe then the Raiders went on to get crushed by the Bills in the AFC Championship game that year. Um, after that season, the Bengals didn't make the playoffs again until 2005. Beginning in 05, they made the playoffs seven times in 11 seasons, but they have gone 0-7 in those games. So they have an eight-game losing streak stretching back to January of 91. As we head into the possible record-setting fifth question of the fourth quarter, that question is hackers, which is basketball. What NBA player who played for five different teams in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s is the only player who is in the top five for most fouls committed in a career and not in the Hall of Fame? We can go with that. Okay, give it a try. We're going to go ahead and check in. Rulon's frozen foot has checked in. Dare to be stupid. Feel free to speak. I got a lot of guys that played in the 80s and 90s. Sean Kemp, Alonzo Mourning, that may have sniffed the 2000s. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Um, They're not in the Hall of Fame, too, so that's going to make it. Isn't so in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm just trying to. Those, they, oh, the, yeah, yeah. The answer is um, not in the Hall of Fame. So. So, so this guy, long career, power forward or center, they seem to get the most fouls right you typically are trying to think of guys who played in like the 80s and 90s you know especially well definitely played all of the 90s right so some yeah. some part of the 80s some part of the 2000s but all of the 90s and who was i'm trying to think of who were some of the more um, who are the good teams of the 90s physical nicks um rodman the rockets nope. rodman's in the hall of fame every name i'm getting is in the hall of fame but then again everybody makes it the hall of fame in the nba so I don't, it's <laughs> What about um, somebody like, uh, who's that guy from the Knicks? Oakley? Ooh, not who I was thinking of, but I like it. The other big forward from the Knicks. In the 90s? Mason? I don't think he put, he didn't play from the 80s to the 80s. No, but Oakley did. Uh, Oakley might, he, he had a long career. He did definitely he bounced 80s? on a few teams. Once again, it could have, when you say 80s to the odds, it could be 
89 to yeah. 01 or 00, you know. Well, I know he That's played That's why I'm in, focusing I, on the 90s. Oakley played in the 2000s. Okay. Any that I mean I don't know all the teams he necessarily played for, but I could easily see him playing for five teams. He played for the Knicks, he played for the Rockets, he played for the Raptors, he played for He played for the Bulls? Was it the Bulls? I think he came up with the Bulls, right? The Bulls sounds familiar to me. So that might have been yeah, it might have been his first team. Okay. I know he ended with the Rockets. So you named off what three or four other te- three other teams? If if we're counting the Bulls, we got the Bulls, Bulls we got Knicks. the Knicks, Raptors, Rockets. That's four. So we need one more in there somewhere, which I isn't mean, unheard of in the basketball because you hop around at the end. Yeah, so he easily could have had one more. I mean, he definitely was a physical player. He goes with the idea of your center power forward. So, well, that's why when you said Knicks, that's the name that popped in my head from the '90s. Yeah, I was thinking of Anthony Mason. Because I know he was like that guy that you know hard foul yeah. type guy, but I but he I don't think he had a long enough career. Probably not. But that's what that's where my thought process started. He was one of those okay. guys I just didn't like watching basketball growing up. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> I think I think Oakley checks enough of the boxes. Okay. He. I mean, the only one we're not positive on is did he play in the eighties? And we we need him to play for one more team. Which, if we can't even come up with any other names that we think even fit the criteria of, like, a, played all of the 90s and fouled and was a pretty physical player. Yeah. I think it's hard to find somebody that played most of the 90s into the 2000s. So that's yeah. not in the Hall of Fame. That's the other thing. True, it's not, true. Not, not Hall of Fame. So I, I don't think Oakley – do you think Oakley's in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I mean, but I don't know. I like it. Him? I like it. All right. Well, we'll check in with uh, Charles Oakley for 100 points. Dare to be stupid is checking in with Charles Oakley for 100 points. Rulon's frozen foot. What did you check in with and for how much? Well, that took so long that like we checked in with Oakley too, but that might not be (laughs) the actual answer anymore. I think we got to (laughs) like research and make sure that it's correct. I'm pretty sure it was correct when we checked in. I don't know if it is now. Listen, you've, you've, not, you've not been on a recording before. That was not even close to the last yeah, deliberation. That was, that was, yeah, that was minor compared deli- to some of the other not ones. not even the longest deliberation of an episode with Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were still in, okay? It was one question. <laughs> no, it was, it was more than one, one question. question but it's okay. That's fine. We don't care about it. It's not that big of a deal. Have you know the recording ended about the same time as this one's gonna end? <laughs> yeah, that's good. For forty-five points, we I, we just went through like we tossed around a bunch of names, and I was just trying to think of. I don't even know if he played in the eighties either, but we said Charles Oakley too. We thought the same thing, and I thought it's got to be a big man, somebody who's down in the trenches. Okay, so yeah. both checked in with Charles Oakley, and I can tell you that this person is number four all time on the career fouls list with 4,421. Began his career in 1985 with the Bulls, ended his career with seven games as a Rocket in 2003-2004. The answer is Charles Oakley. Wow. Wow. Good job. Uh, The other four people that are on the top five for most fouls, all of which are in the Hall of Fame, are Kareem, Carl Malone, Robert Parrish, 
and Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay, so that is the end of today's game. And our final score, Rulon's frozen foot with 271 points. <laughs> and captains <laughs> of the game, receiving the coveted Doug Mirabelli Award with a new Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast record of 1,110 points, Dare to be Stupid. Yay. Congratulations, gentlemen. Um, and I would like to say thank you to Matt, Josh, Eric, and all the guys at the Bench, War- Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast for allowing me to host today's show. Uh, I hope you had fun. Thank you to Cheyenne for joining us for the game today. Uh, do you gentlemen have anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Well, Cheyenne, uh, we knew going into this that it was going to be brutal. We had them right where we wanted them going into the fourth quarter. I just, uh, you know, we just were unfortunate. Uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, screw you guys. You ruined the entire game for us. Jason, thank you, Charles Oakley, for following a lot of people. So other than that, thanks, Joe, for jumping on and Cheyenne. So if there's anything you want to say before we head out? No, just thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. We'll get them next time. No, we won't. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for coming on, Joe. It was a great game. Good mix of questions. I loved it. You didn't ignore the hockey questions, which, you know, some, some people do. You should have. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> My throat right but no, um, if, if, you're, if you're into writing questions, we love it. So, you know, keep them coming. Uh, if you guys want me to do this again, I will be happy to do oh, so yeah. sometime in the future. Oh, and if yeah. there's any other listeners out there that want to write episodes, please, you know, hit us up. We more love it. I didn't even think about that. Maybe I should have written today's game. Yeah. And then you're we can more have... than welcome to write a game for us. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll send it awesome. to Joe and Joe can host and I'll come back on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is a new record here, Cheyenne. You've done a great job. Look at this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this was this was an awesome game, and not not just because of you know the record and all, Joe. This was a very well written and fun uh, fun game to play in. It was a well crafted game. I thought there was enough a nice mix of all different stuff. So good job, Cheyenne. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate that. Go ahead and close us out. Thanks for listening to the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast, and until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. Stretch, stretch, get on back there. They look up, you can put it on the board. Yes, yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.